Initialize sequence. Yo, what up? This is Prozac. This is Shaq's too dope from Insane Cloud Posse. Oh, yeah, this is Reese. Yo, this be the one them called Tech Nine. What's up? This is Mad Child. This is your boy Spider Man, aka Brother Lynch. Huh? Jared from Head PE. Yo, what up? This is Hop. My name is Recognized. This is Boondock. Yo, this Blaze, you dare homie. Welcome to the Underground, Australia's home of underground music. Episode 8 of the Underground Amped. It is Ned catching up with Nim Azor. Just me and the Nim. Nim, how are you this week, brother? Going good, brother. Going very good. Well, look, it's just a bite-sized one because it's a big week here in Australia. At the time of we're recording it, it is Anzac Day, which is a day that we celebrate what our veterans have given up for us. And we do want to quickly mention, too, shout out to all those veterans out there and the families that Definitely. enabled us to give us the freedoms to do things like have this podcast and make fun of our buddy Jay like we normally do. Well, that's right, man. And we are, it is Anzac Day. And I thought, well, it's just going to be you and I this week, Nim. There's no point even trying to get in contact with Jay at such an ungodly hour as 10.30 in the morning. So it is just going to be Nim and I, and we have very special guests, Shannon Larkin, Godsmack Drummer. Now, their new album, When Legends Rise, is out today, so be sure to scoop that up. And he's a great dude, Nim. He also drummed on Ugly Kid Joe, man, so he's been around for a bit. Hells to the year, man. Looking forward to that chat as well. And uh, I'll tell you what, just as an added bonus too, I caught up with Triple H to talk for the greatest Raw Rumble. It's a quick little five-minute chat. We'll tag that on as well, and you can listen to that. But there is plenty that's been happening here in Australia at the moment because the big news for us is that Andrew Bogut, he has left the Los Angeles Lakers, retired from the NBA, but he'll still be wearing the purple and gold because he's joined the Sydney Kings. Yeah, and I don't know how I feel about this, Nim. Before we do jump into the Andrew Bogut side of things, I want to talk about your thing with Triple H. So we'll, we'll throw to that lady you're saying. And yeah, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. After after your chat, just have a quick snippet because I caught up with him earlier on in the week. So I want to. I reckon that everyone should listen to this chat because it's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And this is a bit of an idea of the just the dedication that we put in here at the crew. Nims has been up 5am this morning to talk to Triple H, woken up a couple of hours later to talk to me. Jay, slept through it all. Boom. Well, well you know, he does uh, he does do night shifts from, I think it's 9.30 to 11.30, so it's a tough life the man has. Yeah, it is a very, very tough life, but looking forward to hearing that. And yeah, back on to the Andrew Bogut side of things, man. I, I don't know, what do you think about this? I think he was cooked in the NBA and that's why he's come out and he's playing for Sydney now. He's saying that he turned down a bunch of NBA offers. What are, what are your thoughts? Look, I believe that he did turn down, like, I don't know for sure, but I do believe that he did turn down some pretty lucrative NBA offers. He even himself said that he was very close in, I think it was 2012, to actually sign with a team, but that didn't materialise, or maybe it was 2014. We never had the lockout. Do you remember that? But, uh, I do, because Paddy Mills was playing for the Tigers back then. I, I couldn't tell you what year it was, though. <laughs> Mate, I couldn't tell you what year that was either, but uh, look... Bogut, he's had a pretty good run in the NBA, I mean, an NBA champion, 13 years, he's played in some pretty, like, he's won a championship with Golden State Warriors, yes, he had a cup of tea at the Cleveland Cavaliers as well before he suffered that injury. Dude, but it was like 15 seconds on the court before he did, that was really, really bad luck. It really, really was, but look, I think that he still has a bit to offer the Sydney Kings, even if it's not like the 2005 Andrew Bogut that was that you know just took the NBA by storm. He still got that name value, and it was very important when he went and actually faced the media at the press conference that the Sydney Kings had earlier in the week. He said 
He's not here as a stunt. There's no NBA out of his deal. There's no European out. He's committed to being with the Sydney Kings for two years, and he wants to win. That's crazy right there, and I think he'll probably do it. Like, Jerome Randall, is an, he was MVP, well, not this season, but the last two before that, and he only signed up halfway through, Nim. He's their point guard, and with him and Andrew Bogut, it's going to be an unstoppable duo. And the thing is, is Andrew Bogut may have seen his better days in the NBA, but at NBL level, you're talking he is going to be absolutely star-studded and is massive for the league. Think of the draw card. Who's, everyone's going to want to come out and, and see Bogut play. 100% Nettie and look I don't think he's got enough in the tank to play at the NBA level because that level has just increased exponentially I mean you just have to you just have to look at the playoffs to see that it's not just the Golden State and Cleveland Cavaliers show we have seen the Philadelphia 76ers completely dominate we've seen look Ultimately, I still reckon it's going to be a Golden State win when it comes to the finals, but it's not just a two-team race anymore in the NBA. It has spread the field, whereas in the NBL, it was the Wildcats-Breakers show for a very, very long time. Now, look, you've got Melbourne that are coming up there. You've got the Adelaide 36ers. We saw towards the tail end of the Sydney Kings, even though they had a horrible start of the year. Let's face it, three quarters of the, of the year for the Sydney Kings were rubbish, were absolutely rubbish. But towards the end, it seemed that Andrew Gaze managed to, Coach Andrew Gaze managed to get them playing together. And I reckon the Kings getting bogus might be a bit of a shot in the arm. Maybe they won't be able to hang with the likes of United and the 36ers and maybe maybe New Zealand as well. But New Zealand do have a brand new coach. Perth will be very eager to bounce back because I think this is the first final that they've missed since 2008 where the South Dragons actually got it. And you've got hungry teams like the Brisbane Bullets and Cairns Taipans and Illawarra Hawks that would love to be able to say, you know, hey, we're the team that dismantled Andrew Bogut. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it exactly, man. And I, I actually think, like you said, they had a terrible start to this season. But I think, like you said, man, they're going to come out and they'll probably be almost championship favourites right away with that. That is that is a tremendous shot in the arm. You're talking about he was first-round pick back in 2005, no number one in the NBA, if you don't mind. That is big. Hell yes. I'm looking forward to it. Already I was looking forward to the NBL because whatever Larry Kesselman, who's the CEO of the NBL, has done has just been amazing. Like, he's literally taken it to the next level. We, we had the, the warm-up games over in the States. He's brought Team USA down here next year. And now, Andrew Bogus, this game is growing big and big, and I tell you what, I'd be worried if I was soccer because uh, the A-League is really, really struggling at the moment. We could have a number three sport in this country. Oh, definitely, yeah, and basketball just blowing up. And with all those stars in the NBA, as you said, coming out, playing awesome like Joe Ingles over there at Utah Jazz at the moment, doing phenomenal things. If all these guys look to retire in Australia, wow. Look out. But anyway, Mans, we will switch things up. That is big news right there. Jay's concussion is also some big news at the moment. Uh, Between you and me, I really don't think it happens. Well, look, it was a very quick. It was very quick. I mean, we were watching Jay for his limited time on the field, and it was one of those blink and you miss it kind of things, I guess. And I guess you and I missed it, and Jay must have had his eyes open. And as we know, 
Jay has one eye on more things than you and I do, so maybe, maybe this is something that we overlooked with our straight shooting eyes. <laughs> well, possibly, Nim, possibly. I was talking to Fitz about this last night, and I said, man, I coach Aussie hoops, and I've seen most of my under-10s take bigger hits to the head than that, like with the direct basketball to the head. It happens just about every week, but Jay, well, I suppose we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, Jay. I know you'll be listening, so apologies there, big guy. Just stirring you up a little. Exactly, you know. Concussion is nothing to joke about, Nettie, and, uh, you know... It isn't, and I have each week, and that's just ridiculous. I'm sorry, Jay. It's just because we're very close friends with the finely tuned athlete that is Jay Herb. Hopefully we see him run on the park for more than just 25 minutes of game time in a two-hour match. Well, he will be all sorts of hyped up because this weekend, Wednesday the 13th, <laughs> and we'll be catching up with your good self as well, man. You mm-hmm. didn't get your tickets to Wednesday the 13th, Nim. Hell yeah, dude. It's going to be a lot of fun. Head to theunderground.com.au because you actually had a few chats with the band members throughout the year. In fact, they've become quite good friends of the Underground, which is really great to see. Yeah, jump on there, theundergroundaustralia.com.au. Like you said, Wednesday 13, we've got a couple of interviews. Of course, they won our 2017 Album of the Year with condolences. Mm. And Nim, this is just a short one, but it is jam-packed because we do have Shannon Larkin from Godsmack. And like you said, Triple H, look the hell out. Biggest show yet. We'll skip to those real shortly. But before we do, man, the House of Hardcore, this is something that we are really jumping behind. It's heading our way in July, and it's got some of the biggest names in pro wrestling outside of the WWE, but most of them were in it at some stage. Oh, of course. And look, this time last year, we had the first Aussie House of Hardcore. Tommy Dreamer sort of set it up, and we had a Ring of Honor match there as well. But this year, the lineup is absolutely stacked. Make sure you get amongst it. Uh, no, that Mick Foley is touring too. Al Snow is coming down. Billy Gunn will be there. And of course, Nettie. Velvet Sky. Yeah, Velvet Sky. You know, man, I'm trying to get a line-up and interview with her. If that happens, day will be made. I'll just have to steer clear of old Bully Ray. But, yeah, there is a bunch on there. And like you mentioned last week, too, what's his name now? Nick Aldis. It used to be Magnus in TNA. It's going to be big. Exactly. The NWA World Heavyweight Champion, formerly Magnus in NWA. He will be there as well. But like I said, Bubba Ray Dudley, the beautiful people, Al Snow, Tommy Dreamer, Billy Gunn, and heaps more coming down. So make sure you check it out. And the last time House of Hardcore did something, there was some surprise guests. Oh, yeah, there's definitely surprise guests line up. I can confirm that. But we'll leave it at that. Nims, grab all the details of that online, of course, theundergroundaustralia.com.au. Stick around. We've got two big interviews coming up. Godsmack, Shannon Larkin, and Nim, your buddy, Triple H, the man that Jay also thinks he is. <laughs> That's right. That's coming up next, right here on the Underground Dance. <laughs> Yo, this be the one them called Tech Nine right here on the Underground, baby. Jumping into episode eight of the Underground's Amped, I am joined by very special guest Shannon Larkin of the awesome Godsmack. How are you, Shannon? I am great, man. Uh, that's what I like to hear, man. Now, before we get into the serious side of things, I know you guys are from Boston. I was just wondering, are you a Celtics fan, Shannon? You know, I'm the only dude in the band that's not not from Boston. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so I, I'm a Bulls fan. I was born in Chicago. But, you know, those guys, they are big Celtics fans and furthermore Patriots fans and Red Sox fans, too. And, you know, I'm, I happen to be a Raiders, Orioles, and Chicago Bulls fan. So, you know, we clash a little bit on our sports love there. Oh, yeah, that could get a little bit tense there at the moment. I, I suppose the Bulls haven't done too much this year, but I was going to say it must be exciting times for the others. Yeah. 
Well, man, you know, our main thing is football. I'll say that, you know, we watch every game. It, you know, there's been some rivalry with uh, the Raiders and the Patriots over the years. So it's always interesting when football season rolls around. And, of course, you know, when we talk football, man, the Raiders this year, Gruden, it's going to be on. Our metal guy here is a massive Raiders fan. In Australia, we don't really have American football, so I don't really know what I'm talking about. But he's always yelling out, Raiders, baby. He just loves it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man, let's jump into this. Four years since 1,000 horsepower has dropped when Legends Rise is finally here now. What can you tell us about the recording process behind this one? This one, I'm honestly way different uh, because, it's, you know, every every record, Sully comes with a, a new vision. Like, he, you know, he wants to keep it fresh. You know, we, we're hitting 20 years this year. And so each way, like when I joined, it was a faceless record and he wanted a real precise metal record. Then the next one was four and that was a, he wanted a bluesier record. And then the next one was kind of trippy with the Oracle. And then, you know, Thousand Horsepower, we tried to inject the high energy and make a more punk rock album. But in the end, all the critics always say the same thing. You know, another Godsmack record still sounds the same. <laughs> yeah. And so this, with, all, with all of us reaching 50, we're looking at trying to really make a different record. So what Sully's big plan was to use some outside writers. Well, where every record so far has been the band wrote, wrote every note on every song, you know, and so, and you know, we look at our idols. Obviously, we, you know, have all done this all our lives, and and so we look up to bands like Aerosmith, and at some point had brought in some outside writers, and they had like this really, it really changed their sound, but kept the essence of what Aerosmith was, and so that was the intent of this record. So. You know, obviously it was way different having people that aren't in our band, you know, writing, helping write songs and bringing our song ideas to us. But, you know, I looked at it like the proof's in the pudding. I tried to just set the ego aside. You know what? Let's let's hear what they got. And the guy that ended up getting the co-producer job, Eric Ron, who produced, you know, our new record with Sully. Man, he the first song he showed us was Bulletproof. And these guys, man, they do their research. He listened to all of our records and tried to get the whole vibe of the band. But he has this sense of melody and maturation that perhaps that we don't have. I, for one, Tony and I, who, who wrote a lot of those songs on, on the last four records, you know, we don't really, we're like metal guys, you know, and, and it's hard for us to try and write something that sounds like more mature or more melodic for Sully. And so it worked out, man. In the end of the day, I'm like, wow, well, it sounds like Godsmack, but it's it's definitely a more modern production and it sounds new and fresh for us, you know, and I feel that it has a maturity that will allow us to be able to perform these songs on stage at our age and not look like we're trying to act like a bunch of kids <laughs> still playing, you know what I mean? Like, people can tell when bands are or around too long, you know, and then they look like they're trying to compete with, hey man, you know, metal and rock, it's full of piss and vinegar and angst, and that's what that music is, and now that we're all older and, and we're, there's not really much to be pissed off at anymore, so, you know, we wanted to show some kind of musical growth on this one. Oh, that's cool right there. I had no idea that you had help writing the record. That is a, definitely a different direction, but I like the way that you're saying you're sort of moving along with it. You're not trying to be the angry kids anymore or anything like that. Yeah, and I feel like, again, our influences, you know, we were influenced by, you know, Metallica and, and 
Black Sabbath and Zeppelin and all, all the killer bands, we're not going to ever change so much that it alienates our fan base or that we sound like Wimpy or something. We're, we're you know, a Boston band. So I, you know, we were just trying to retain our you know, tough sound and, you know, we're, we're, we pride ourselves in our live show. And so we, we wanted to feel real on stage. Like, we're not trying to act like we're 20 years younger or something, you know. Yeah, definitely, man. And and you did mention Bulletproof just a little bit earlier. And I've got to say, the new video for it is hilarious. Look like a lot of fun fun to film there, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, man, most, most videos are a drag to shoot because, you know, you got to play the song literally 20, 25 times over and over while they get all the different angles. But on this one, since a lot of it was the acting part and trusting up like idiots and just having a good time with it, you know, we only had to run the song like five or six times. And so this was actually the most painless video shoot that we've ever done, except for the fact, for me, they put me in a, a pair of leopard print underwear and suspenders. <laughs> and so that was taking one for the team, I called it. But for the laugh factor, I was like, all right, I'll do it. Yeah, it definitely looked like you guys had a bunch of fun. Who was the mastermind behind it? Well, you know, honestly, it was a lot of Sully and a little bit of me. Because Sully had initially called me. He's talking about the, the new video for Bulletproof, and he had written a treatment for it, you know, or like a script or whatever. It was a very serious video because the, the lyrical content is very serious, and it was a real thing. That's one thing that I, I attribute to God's Max success. You know, Sully writes about himself and he goes through a lot of shit like heart heartache and and so he emotes that in the songs and i think that's what's made it successful because people can feel when it's real or when it's fake and, yeah. and he's, he's a real dude it's real and so bulletproof is about having his heart ripped out of his chest and, and going through that heartache the year before last and now getting over it and realizing i'm bulletproof you know this can't hurt me anymore and all that so he reads me the treatment for what he thought the video would be and it was about what that song is about which you know was and he was gonna act and be the guy and it'd be like a, a small film of you know him getting his heart broken and then him coming back and being bulletproof and i was kind of like man we really have to shoot this thing cinematically and uh, for it to not be cheesy and look like some 80s like uh, yeah a hair band like video, power ballad video or something <laughs> I go you think you should really choose the right director for this if we're going to do this video and he's like well I'm going to direct it myself man we've done 20 videos and I'm ready and that's when the idea hit me I'm like what if it's the video like you wrote but everything goes wrong because it's your first and that spurred his imagination he went with that and then invented his cousin Pasquale to direct <laughs> and all this so so it's kind of a, a joint thing, you know, how we came up with the idea. Oh, well, I think it's fantastic. It speaks for itself there, Shannon, and hats off to you guys for it, because a bunch of fun, and Billy Ray Cyrus, wow, look out. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different for us, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love the Hannah Montana reference in there, so it's, you know, it's kind of shining light on the hard time, I guess, now that we know the background of it. Yeah, and, and then, you know, Billy Ray Cyrus was so cool, man, he, you know, I it was never obviously up. I didn't know any of his songs except for the Aki Break Car. <laughs> but you know, recently it's funny because we just reached out to him and it was through Paul Gary, our manager, and he re represented Billy Ray, or maybe he still does, but at, at one point. So he's like, hey man, maybe we get Billy Ray Cyrus to pitch, pitch you guys as the country guy. <laughs> and so I got to meet him and hang out and he was so down to earth. And then just last night, there's a, I don't know if, it's, if you guys get it in Australia, but there's a channel called Axis TV. Oh no, and not here. Man, 
Well, man, you know, they showed this Dan Rather interview with Billy Ray Cyrus, and, and it, I thought, wow, what perfect timing. You know, it turns out, you know, the dude has death, and he's had, like, five number one albums. I thought he's a one-hit wonder myself, but... <laughs> So maybe there'll be some resurgence, and then that'll help us in the vid, get people to watch our video, because it's damn funny. Yeah, I had no idea you are saying fun. I thought he only was the achy, breaky heart guy, but there you go. Definitely makes for an awesome video, man. Oh, thanks, bro. Well, I guess the God Smash video really needs to step up next time. You've uh, set the bar there. <laughs> yeah, God Smash, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> How do you follow it up? Are you going to go in that direction again, or is something totally different? Oh my God, I, we haven't even thought of that. Now we're just all in tour mode, man. We get, we're starting to rehearse and relearning all the songs because this record went so, like for me personally, I'd go in there and play the drum track and then we'd go into the uh, control room and listen back to it. And man, we just put everything under the microscope. And I mean, like what symbol I hit, like, you know, oh, you know, that symbol sounds, maybe we'll try an 18 inch instead of a 16 inch. I mean, we were very anal. And the drum tracks, if they sound simple to drummers out there, I'll tell you, it was the most complex and detailed drum tracks I ever did because, I mean, we just, the, the Eric Ron and Sully put everything so under the microscope, you know, every drum fill. At the end of the day, when the record was done, I turned around and listened to it. I'm like, geez, I don't even, I don't know these songs. I got to <laughs> learn all these songs. And so that's the stage we're in right now. We have our first show coming up on uh, April 27th here in Florida. So I leave day after tomorrow for Boston. You know, I live down in Florida, by the way. But So I'm, I'm leaving for Boston day after tomorrow to start hard uh, the big rehearsals. But Tony, the guitar player, also lives here. So we've been just like relearning the songs and rehearsing every day. So I, we haven't thought about video right now. But I can say this, you know, we, we've designed a new stage set and everything is just, I got new shiny drums, man, we're ready to take it on tour now. Oh yeah, that's what we like to hear. And, you know, I did catch you guys a few years back at Soundwave here in Australia and you absolutely blew me away with the sort of drum solo that you got happening there. Hats off to you, man. It was all sorts of awesome. Oh, thanks, man. I hope, I, we really got our fingers crossed that they'll they'll have us back it's been i think that was like three years ago right but we usually take three to four years in between each record just because we'll tour for two of those years and then write for a year we can we really take our time on every record because we know that they're out there and once once you put a record out it's timeless you can't take it back so you know we're one of those bands we and we're very grateful to have the extra time to make sure that we love every record that we make but three years since australia so Hopefully they'll invite us back, you know, these, the Soundwave folks. Yeah, well, Soundwave isn't, isn't happening anymore, actually. Uh, there is a download festival that's on happening now, but I was going to say, I was talking to Sully after... I actually had an interview with him back three years ago, and he's like, we're coming out definitely next year, so really, really hoping that you'll tour with this record. Yeah, I mean, it, I swear to you, I'm not just saying this because you're in Australia, but that's really high on our priority list. We, we, we will come to Australia, whether it's the sound wave or whatever, we will come. Nice, that's what we like to hear, man. Now we're going to change things up and we'll have a bit of fun, Shannon. I want to know something that may surprise your fans to find out about you. I am into the occult sciences and I love to eat acid. <laughs> you love to eat what? Acid. Oh. <laughs> uh, let me see. Well, I'm an avid book reader, and I, I probably read three three novels a week. Wow. 
and that's just nonfiction, you know. I've always been a constant reader. My mom kind of turned me on to reading, like, you know, Stephen King and Anne Rice and those kind of books. My mom was really cool. And then I noticed, like, I've been touring ever since I was 16 years old. I've been touring. I'm, I'm 50. And so a touring is a lot of hurry up and wait, right? And so yeah. I found that reading a book kind of takes me to a another place there and kills hours really really nicely and so people might not think that i'm well read but i i'm a constant reader that's crazy right there that has surprised me three books a week too that's some other sort of reading man wow yeah i i'm lucky enough to have a couple hours a day to just kill you know and read but a lot of people don't have that kind of time but it's like that you know no, definitely, man. Know what you're saying. And I ask this to all of our guests, Shannon, and you have been out here before, and you seem like a full-on character, so I'm hoping you can do this. Do you have a good Australian accent? Well, I just... I, I, just, I just made steaks on the barbie out back in Florida. <laughs> In you Florida. Know what I mean, mate? I like it. I'm hearing a little bit of English in there as well, but that, that's uh, awesome, man. Thank you. <laughs> Right before we go, what is up next for Godsmack? Uh, you mentioned a bunch of touring. Is there anything else that we can look out for? Well, you know, we're, we, we're going to go out in, in, uh, at the end of summer with Shinedown, who's an excellent band. And we toured with them many times. They're not only a great band, but they're great dudes down there too. And that's what we're about. So we're very excited about that. That's coming next. Probably, I think, starts in July. Of course, it's, it's in America initially. Initially, but there has been talk of taking them around the world with us. So that's what we're really fired up about right now. In the present, we got a bunch of big festivals here. And festivals for us, is re it's really cool to play because, you know, there's 20 bands on the bill. And we've been writing for the last couple of years and out of the circuit. So it's like a big family reunion when we get back out, uh, you know, after a new cycle. And so we're going to see a bunch of, of great bands that are great friends. And so we're excited about that. Oh, that sounds all sorts of awesome. And one last thing, Shannon, we want a recommendation from you, man. What's something you recommend to the listeners? For horror movies, I just saw the remake of Blood Feast. Ooh. Herschel Gordon-Lewis's Blood Feast. And, and it's really sick, man. If you like, uh, if you like your horror gory music. Purple Hill Witch. I've been listening to Purple Hill Witch and Purple Hill Witch they sound a lot like Black Sabbath but they're very tuned down and retro and heavy sounding if you're into really slow heavy dirge like stoner rock then Purple Hill Witch is, is, is the way to go and I've been on that lately oh hell yeah also and I rediscovered Lotus recently and they're like a kind of like an ambient kind of cool acid rock thing man Ah, uh, there you go. You got some great recommendations there, and you mentioned a horror movie in there, which I will definitely check out, man. I could get talking horror with you for a whole bunch more, but thank you so much for joining us, Shannon. It has been a bunch of fun. Oh man, thanks for having me, and thanks for helping us spread the word. And I, I really hope to see you, man. I hope that we're going to come down there this in 2019 in the summer. Oh, fingers crossed. We are so much looking forward to it. The new Godsmack record is called When Legends Rise. It is out now. Be sure to pick it up. All the details online at godsmack.com. Hit these guys up on Facebook. Facebook.com slash godsmack. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia invites the world to witness history. Seven championships will be defended. 
including a universal title match inside a steel cage. Plus, The Undertaker, Rusev, in a casket match. John Cena and Triple H go one-on-one. And 50 men, one ring. The greatest Royal Rumble ever. Yes, you heard correct. A 50-man Royal Rumble. It's one of the most groundbreaking events in sports entertainment. The WWE Greatest Royal Rumble. It's this Saturday morning, 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on the WWE Network. Although you can stream it on demand live on the WWE Network for just $9.99 US. But joining me to give me a bit more insight on this very special event, please welcome my guest at this time, Triple H. It's all about the game. Hunter, welcome back to 1116 SEN. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Well, where do I start? Uh, the greatest Royal Rumble. It seems to be one of the most ambitious things that WWE has done. Now, I know that WrestleMania is the showcase of the Immortals, and having attended one, I know the spectacle. And I know you guys tour worldwide for live events, but this, this is just something out of this world. How did the greatest Royal Rumble become a reality. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it speaks to the global nature of what WWE is um, and what we are now in today's world and will continue to become more and more, especially over time here. Um, you know, just in the next few months, you will see uh, two full main roster tours of Raw and SmackDown all through the UK. Uh, you will see not only the download uh, festival with NXT. You'll see uh, shows in Paris and Antwerp. Um, you will see us coming back to one of the most famous arenas in London, Royal Albert Hall, for two days back to back with the UK Championship and um, NXT, sort of a combo NXT UK event on the second day. Um, it's 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 massive. You know, um, while we're there for this this UK event at, at Royal Albert Hall, we'll be making some announcements. I'm sure about the future of the championship brand. Uh, there in the UK and, and moving forward. Um, that brand still remains very near and dear to me, and it's something that I want to move on. It's taken a little bit longer than I anticipated of, of getting things done and getting them done in the way that I want them to get done, but or, you know, that we anticipate getting them done, but, it, but it's happening, and, and um, it will be meaningful uh, to, to everybody there and over there, and I look forward to showcasing the UK talent to the world. Now, I have mentioned numerous times we're seeing not just performance from North America, but there really is all parts of the globe making a mark in the WWE. Now, you've been in the WWE for a good chunk of time. When did you notice the shift between just being a superstar to being a recognized face around the world? In the late 90s, I first realized the reach of WWE walking down a, a dirt road in India as, as kids were coming out of mud huts, um, chanting our names, and, and I just it blew my mind. Um, it never ceases to amaze me, though, that you come to um, any place in the world. You stop there, um, you walk down the street, people know who you are. There's there's no place in the world that you can go and not be recognized as a WWE superstar. That um, is very impactful. And unlike sports, um, not all, but most sports teams or... or um, you know, kind of uh, events where it is very team-oriented. It's much more about the location of the team and who the fans are. WWE is a very global property. It's understood everywhere. And the stars themselves become um, 
something more. They become uh, larger than life, almost superheroes, so to speak, and they can affect cultural change. They can go into markets and be seen as something more and have a message that is listened to as opposed to just being part of a team that a few years from now just gets replaced with a new uh, starting player. Uh, John Cena will always be John Cena, whether he's in the ring with us you know, at the moment or he's past his time in the ring and he's doing other things. He will still be a WWE legend and... Um, you know, he'll be a part of that that conversation in the world as one of the most recognizable people on the planet. And that's a huge opportunity for us. Now, you'll be taking on another massive WWE superstar at the Greatest Royal Rumble this Friday night, or Saturday morning, if you will. Uh, you're in a one-on-one match with John Cena. What's your feelings going to the match? My feelings for the match, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here in Saudi Arabia. I'm thrilled to have an opportunity uh, to step into the ring here in front of fans that, you know, in, in Saudi here, they've been watching myself on their on their television since the late 90s. And, um, you know, the, the, as I've been here this week, I've heard a lot of people talking about the, the certain talent that they're really looking forward to seeing here. Um, so I'm excited to be here. Uh, facing John Cena, always a pleasure. Um, always a great rivalry that we had in the past. We haven't faced each other for 10 years. Um, I think the time is right for both of us to step in the ring one more time and do it again and, and uh, show these young guys how it's done. <laughs> no doubt you probably will. Uh, it has been a long time since you two faced off in a ring together. Do you feel any pressure going into such a marquee match? It cannot be argued. John Cena is one of the most decorated champions in WWE history. He's had one of the longest runs on top in WWE history. Many people love John. Many people hate John. Uh, but the truth is, they pack arenas all over the world to see him. Um, and that is the truth. I don't care what anybody else says. People can make fun of him. They can, they can attack his uh, style, whatever that is. The fact is, one of the biggest stars in the history of our business one of the biggest box office attractions in the history of our business, bar none. Um, so, you know, am I looking forward to facing John Cena in uh, King Abdullah Stadium this Friday at the greatest Royal Rumble? You're damn right I am. Well, Hunter, it's been a great pleasure to take some time to chat with you here on 1116 SEN. I cannot wait to see the WWE Greatest Royal Rumble this weekend. Make sure you all have a late one Friday night, guys, and 2 a.m. Saturday morning. Tuck into the WWE Network and check it out. Triple H, thanks for chatting to us this morning on 1116 SEN. Just to finish off what I was saying, you know, the Greatest Royal Rumble this Friday will be a spectacle like they have never seen before here in Saudi Arabia, a 50-man Royal Rumble match. Uh, The Undertaker will be here. John Cena, Triple H, uh, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns inside of a steel cage. It doesn't get bigger than this event, and it will be seen around the world, not just here in the Middle East, but around the world on the WWE Network Live. So um, thank you all very much for the time, and I look forward to talking to you again.